two siblings that like to make each other laugh. Cracking fart jokes and reminiscing on the past. I'm Michael and she's Madison. Hi. We're not family friendly, but we're family size. <laughs> All right. Happy October. Happy spooky season. Spooky season. Hope you're having a good one. So uh, exciting. So this is going to be our first stop on our spooky season hayride. And um, we have a theme this year, which is going to be Madison has presented me with a film she wants me to watch. So tonight, I'm going to give my reaction to it. Next week, we're going to hear Madison's reaction to a film I got her to watch. And then we both will come together and, and revisit and review a childhood favorite. That is true. So, like I said, we're in the first step. And Madison got me to watch the movie Grey Gardens for the first time. That's right. So, so last year... We kind of, you know, went on the side of, like, campy. If you've been with us since last year's uh, recordings for the October, or for the month of October, you'll know that, um, first off, thank you for being here this long. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of when we started, you know? Like, we started the late September so we went straight into holiday episodes our third almost episode. immediately. Yeah, our third episode was And Halloween. we went we went pretty campy with it. Like we love like, you know, all that kind of stuff, but we did go into like things we haven't done in a while, which is Stanner bands. Yeah. Um where we did different like Halloween candies, we did, you know, different Halloween themed things like pumpkin patches and trick or treating and costumes and stuff like that and and you had to say Stanner band and then explain yourself. Those kind of things. We also did like spooky stories and, you know, uh, ghost encounters that we had or other people had. So we did very, you know, like I said before, campy Halloween. When you think of Halloween this year, you know, we're, we might get a little bit into that, but we're going to kind of go for more of like Michael said, these kind of movie reviews or movie discussions um, that are odd, oddity movies, things that might give you the heebie-jeebies but not for the same reasons um and this is the one that i chose for michael to watch um and this one is actually a documentary that happened i love documentaries this happens to be my favorite documentary of all time um called gray gardens and the uh let me just give you a brief synopsis uh per google um the film explores the daily lives of two aging ex eccentric uh, relatives of Jackie Kennedy Onassis, who they often um, refer to as Jackie O in the movie. Um, if you don't know who that is, it is John F. Kennedy's ex-wife, um, uh, the one that's in all the fucking videos in Dallas where she's trying to pick up his brains off the back of the Whoa. car. Sorry, back into the left. Back into the left. All right. Back into the left. Sorry. What the uh, fuck is the movie about? I'm so sorry. Um... Uh, Edie uh, Bouvet, uh, Beale, and her mother, Edith, mm. are the sole inhabitants of a Long Island estate. During the course of the documentary, they discuss their habits, desires, and former loves with filmmakers Albert and David Maisels. Uh, the women reveal themselves to be misfits without, uh, or with outsized, engaging personalities. Uh, much of the conversation is centered on their past as mother and daughter now rarely leave home. 
the other part of this the with Grey Gardens itself, because I believe there's two or three other documentaries, um, <coughs> is that we're coming in at a time after Jackie O, or Jackie Kennedy Onassis, has decided to help her cousins out, her aunt and her cousin out, um, by uh, fixing the home that they have destroyed utterly. Um, and... I've got I've got more details on this. It's at the very beginning of the movie, um, in in newspapers. But, oh, I but, must not read. Close no, enough. no, and that's the pro. That's the thing about this documentary is that really it's less of a learn with me documentary and more of a peer into someone's life. Um, and this is a very intriguing one of those as far as you kind of start the way you leave. You you have questions and they never get answered. Um, and that's what I love about this documentary is it really is just peering into two women's lives and they happen to be pretty odd. And if, if you have, if you, I, I don't know, if, I don't, I wouldn't say like if you have a weak constitution, but if you are easily, uh, if your brain is easily pushed to a place of fear or, un, or discomfort when it comes to mental illness or just like, the like I don't know odd ways of living, and and you know something far from the norm. Um, maybe don't watch the documentary, but I I have always suggested it to people. But this time, um, I am getting I've gotten Michael to watch it, so I am very excited to find out what you thought of it. Now, with your notes, I see you took a lot. I haven't read any of them, but. Are we going to go step by step or are we just going to discuss because I'm just kind of going to, I sort of live tweeted the movie. Like I went into it, not feeling like I was going to take many notes. I just kind of wanted to watch it because this isn't going to be what you guys are used to. This isn't going to be like when, when we watched Observer Report, when we watched The Grinch, when, when any of those types of movies where we're both kind of going over the timeline of the movie and then we both go back and forth with our point of view and it's like a two and a half three hour episode this is madison is presenting me with a movie that she knows very well and i'm giving my first time reaction on it and she'll probably chime in every now and then with maybe some more details that she learned about that situation and other research or she might chime in with a question like what did you think of this or if she thinks i skipped over an important detail she might bring that up and remind me of it but yeah, this is less, I mean, I guess you'd call it a review, but it's more of like a reaction. And that's what she's going to be doing next week with a movie she hasn't seen before, but I have. And then, like we said, the third one is going to be, we both know the movie, we both love the movie, and we're going to be so excited to talk about it. All right, so firstly, uh, did you want to do this, or do you want me to give a brief description of, of these women? I, I'll, I'll do it. I'll okay, do it. go ahead. I kind of have the description yeah, like ahead. as I'm talking. So you, I just didn't know if you wanted me to kind of give the the broad things or not. No, so. it's fine. Um, I have descriptions of them kind of here in the notes. So I'll just start from the top as I'm watching this. Like you know, like Madison said, like headlines and stuff are popping up. And one of the things that catches my eye is the talk about this house having 28 rooms. And I immediately said that's bullshit. 28 rooms is fucking bullshit. And then as you watch the movie, you go, where the fuck are the other 25 rooms? Because <laughs> they're only spending time in like two or three of them. So anyway, um, my only exposure to this movie was like I had 
basically like walked past the living room on my phone as Madison was watching the documentary now parody of this back when we were both still living with our parents. The weirdest part about that is that when I watched the documentary now parody, which is the first episode, it's called like Sandy something. It's the first episode on documentary now, so just you can go watch that. But I was watching it in like 10 minutes in, or not even, it was like as soon as it started, I was like, I fucking know this. I know this like the back of my hand. I know this real documentary. What the fuck is this? And so I looked up what it was parodying Mm -hmm. and it said Grey Gardens. And I was like, I've never heard that before. Mm. And then when I went and watched it, it was like all these memories flooded back to me. And still to this day, I do not know when the fuck I ever watched that documentary Besides that day after I watched the documentary now parody Maybe of it. Maybe you saw it at Grandma and Papa's or that, something. That or it was on like late night HBO or something. Or uh, probably like, what's the one with like Whitest Kids You Know was on that? Oh yeah. I can't remember. It was like I- IFC. Yeah. It's probably on IFC or something, something like that. Something like that. But it was like I knew it so well for some reason. But anyway. Yeah. Go ahead. So, I mean, you say 20 rooms is bullshit. And then, next thing I know, I see the woman who walked so that Ashley Tisdale could run. Um, now, anyone who's not, you know, a uh, young millennial or Gen Z probably didn't get that reference. So, let, let me just let you know. When Ashley Tisdale was a thing, one of the Disney Channel kids, of course, she popularized wearing blue jeans under skirts. That was a thing for a minute. I think Disney Channel popularized Disney Channel. that. But she was kind of like the face of that. Like she was showing up to like, yeah, uh, I guess there is bl- would... it's a blue carpet if it's a yeah. Disney Channel event. If somebody yeah. if somebody brings up like what was the fucking shit in 2006, you're going to see a picture of Ashley Tisdale yeah. with blue jeans and a skirt and a scarf on. And that is exactly what this woman is because... <laughs> Of the 1970s. Yes. So it took me fucking forever to figure out. I had to look it up to make clear to myself who the fuck is who. Because there were times when I was like, oh, I thought that lady was Edie. But I just heard her say the word Edie when she's talking to this lady. So I had to look it up. So throughout this, there is Edith. We can call her Big Edith if we want. We've got Big Edie and Little Edie. Yeah. Is their name. So yes. So Little Edie is is a 56-year-old woman. Big Edie is... Like, like a 86 year old fucking yeah, woman basically old. old as shit so yeah so this woman comes out she's got stocking pants and a skirt she calls it a costume she's um, got a transatlantic accent okay she's got the transatlantic do you know accent. anything about that what that is like a i mean it, you know the whole thing we were just talking about with the kennedys and stuff she they kind of talk like that they're sort of. taught that language they're taught that accent my bad yeah um because back then it was a sign of wealth and these these women were of a socialite standard at one point hmm. go ahead so uh just imagine someone saying like if someone if someone was talking about pasta sauce like adding pasta sauce to the pot like it's ready for the pasta sauce to be added and the way that they're saying it lets you know that they know everything about fucking pasta sauce and they know that it's the perfect time it's pasta sauce like that that sort of accent anyway so i noticed she calls her outfit a costume. She talks about, like, the dynamics of it. Like, oh, I'm wearing these pants and then a skirt over that. And then I'm also wearing this. And throughout the entire movie, she's wearing, like, something that looks like a habit on her head. Sometimes it looks like it's a fucking towel. Sometimes it looks like a veil that a widow would wear. 
there's always something that she's wearing on top of her head. Um, and she's got a dumpy, too, by the way. She's got a little bit of a dumpy. I'm sorry, I, I had to recognize it. It doesn't help that the cameramen are kind of pervs. Um, so it, it's really hard to not recognize the dumpy on this 56-year-old woman. Um, she's always wearing. This I don't know if they're. I don't. I mean, there are a couple times when it's kind of risque, where you're like, "Why are you pointing it at that?" But I think it's also like, I don't know that your own mind isn't just wondering what the fuck is going on, yeah. right? So there, it's never a moment where it might be a moment where you're like, "Wait a sec." Oh, I got some things to say about this film crew. So okay, um, she's always wearing that shit. And I'm wondering, if she's 56, how old is this other fucking lady? Well, did you get any kind of vibes off of her right then and there? Because this is like the I mean, opening she was, scene. Yeah, she was eccentric. Um, from At the very beginning, before I met her mother, Yeah. Um, I just saw her as like very like eccentric. And um, I don't know what the other word would be, like high maintenance or just like very talkative, very look at me, Yeah. very um, imagines uh, that she's like in control and maybe like a little right. bit delusional but at the same time it's like she's only been talking for a few minutes but this is kind of what i get yeah these are the vibes i'm getting it's just so jump it's just so like jumped in because she, she's like i think this is the best outfit for the day you know you wear a nice skirt with nice pair of stockings underneath and a pair of shorts because i i don't like when a woman wears a skirt so then you have the skirt over the pants and the stockings pulled up over the over the pants under the skirt, and then you can always take the skirt off and use it as a cape. She says it almost something just like that, right? And yeah. it's like, what the fuck are you saying? And right also, now? I didn't fucking ask. Thank you. Um, like that, that, and then she, she, and then she goes, I have to think these things up, you know? No, you don't. And then she just like fucking walks. She runs away. off into the bushes, basically. <laughs> Like she, she's she's very much like a druid almost. Like she'll kind of, or like a Red Dead Redemption Two NPC, where like she'll just be there on the side of the road, yeah. say some weird shit, and then disappear. Yeah. Um, only thing about her is she keeps coming back. Like like certain strangers in Red Dead Redemption. But anyway, um, she likes to wear heels as well in her free time. We find out later why that is. So mm -hmm. I'll talk about that later. Um, I don't like anything about the way she dresses so far. Yeah. I think it's way too extra. Sometimes it looks so fucking hot outside, and she's just... She's either, like, dressed like a fucking nun, or she will just randomly walk around the house in a in a, in a bathing suit for some reason. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's your house, whatever. But. She can be kind of scantily clad every now and then. Uh, and But she has a good body for her age. And she emits years. raw sexual energy into the camera lens. Yeah, she can. She, I mean, she, yes, come on. Yes, I mean, does. it's still cl it's classier than what we get nowadays, but... It's still very like. I don't want to say too much. She wants to fuck this camera guy. Well, it's, just, it's, it's <laughs> very young woman, uh, naivety. I would, you know, like in a fifty-six-year-old woman's 56 body. In a fifty-six-year-old woman's body. Yes. So after that, uh, aside from her and just her like eccentricities, other than that, this seems like a very boring ass life that these two are living. Um. And obviously, you know, one thing that we can't skip past is that the house is a fucking mess. Yeah, the first it is, scene it shows is you that. Just disgusting. Um, but like, it they just kind of, for the most part, sit around all day. I'll go into more of what they do, but we're at the part where she's sitting there talking about. She's out on the porch with the cameraman, mm -hmm. talking about relationships, talking about men that have come and gone, and you know, maybe I should have done this and that. <laughs> And, like, as she's sort of finishing up 
talking about men and love life, this dude Jerry shows up almost like it was scripted. Like that, she just that got happened done. that early on. Yeah, it was like one of those like speak of the devil type things that just seems so scripted. Where she's I feel talking like about you're skipping so many little things that happened. I mean, they go back over their like. Uh, no, I know. Love I just feel like over and over. I feel like that's the part where she's like, "That's all I need is this Libra man." That whole part, because we're skipping yeah. over the part where at the very beginning, where Big Edie is sitting at the top of the stairs, feeding raccoons. I, don't I must have skipped over. Yeah. I have some shit about raccoons later. No, she's sitting there feeding the raccoons and she's going, Edie, Edie. Oh, there's a lot of that. Yeah, just there's a lot of that. Edie's it's just name. worst shrieky fucking voice from God Big damn Edie. It. And, uh, and Edie's like, stop feeding the raccoons, mother. And she's like, I'm not feeding them. Like all this shit. And she's got like bread in her fucking hair. She's like, "Come on now!" Like, and and it like zooms in on this hole in the wall where the where the raccoons are coming in from. Okay, because I remember the hole. I just didn't. I just forgot that it was that early. I guess so. Yeah, yeah she's talking about star signs. Uh, I think this is the part where she's talking about how, um, her dad had like another family or some shit. Oh, go ahead and tell me about that. I think she said like. He had another. He had another wife, but um. Oh, it wasn't recognized. Like, yeah, the it wasn't recognized church. by the Catholic Church, so it, it doesn't really count. But the way she was talking about, it, I was like, did he have another wife at the same time that said, he was married to Big Edie? It, it, what 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 was said was, they never got a divorce. No. Mm. Um, it, it father got a fake. This is what she said: a fake Mexican divorce. But it was never recognized by the Catholic Church. Yeah, yeah. And and she's very like protective of that. Like you can see a lot in the movie where they still hold on to these very like old socialite kind of rules and, and these like, feelings their, their Catholicism about and, and their Catholicism and like and how you present yourself in this rich world, even though the, their surroundings are. Yeah. Really just tattered, terrible, awful. So Jerry shows up. Um, she talks about the wife that didn't count. And then we go upstairs. Jerry's only there for a few minutes. And he's then, young. Yeah, he's like a, looks like maybe like just some 24-year-old guy that lives down the street. And he brings groceries to him sometimes. Yeah. Like, fixes things in the house sometimes. So they're going around and they're looking at old photos of Big Edith. Right, and yeah. at first, Edith isn't really into it. She doesn't like her wedding photos and stuff like that. She doesn't think she looks great. And um, but one of them in her wedding photo, she looks like she's a fucking pope or like a Tsarina or some shit with this like head, this headpiece that she has on. It's not too big of a headpiece, yeah. but it is like it is very like all I can ever think of is like think about the people on the Titanic. It's very gaudy in that way, where it's like. Y'all must have been surrounded by money at some point. Or think about like Alexandra of Russia, if you know who that was. Like she's just very almost looked like royalty the way that she was. And I dressed. think a lot of people did that back then if they were um if they were put in that kind of socialite area or they had some kind of talent, which we find out about at some point. But um yeah, and, and, and the vibe in the room at that point as well, if you don't have anything about that, is very like it's hectic, it's chaotic, it's it is. It's Little Edie is like bringing photos over to the men, and Big Edie is constantly like, "Give me that photo!" Like, 
constantly nagging her to do the opposite of what she's doing for who knows what reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and just like, give me that photo. You're going to mess it up. And like, is this the same time whenever like they rip the photo? Because, Almost. This yeah. is the same scene. And that scene particularly, I had to rewind it. Like, because this is before I knew um, exactly whose name was who. Mm-hmm. And I had to rewind that scene so many times because I was like, wait, who's saying Edie? Who's saying they want to keep it? Who's doing this? Because there was so much movement that I couldn't see whose mouth was saying what. And so I had to look up, okay, there's a big Edith, there's a little there's a little Edie, and that is what's going on. So that I went back and watched it again, and I was like, okay, yes, this is who wants the photo, this is who doesn't. So while we're looking at the photos, um, Edith is now interested, big Edith is now interested in the photos now that they're looking at photos from after she was married and when she had kids. She had two twin boys, apparently, and she had little Edie. And she's, like, really focused on wanting to be told she's a good mom for some reason, it seems like. Like, she's like, wasn't I a good mother? Was I a good mother? And it's like... Wasn't I so... I was so great yeah. with you kids. I'll and try not to do the same then, voice for each other. There was that one. same... That was scene where she was making the checkout to... Um, shit, I can't remember his name. It starts with a B, I'm pretty sure, and it's, like, the landscaping guy. Mm. And you could kind of get a vibe for the way that Big Edie and Little Edie kind of interact in that way it's like they're having multiple conversations at once and it always seems like it's about to get heated yeah and then it doesn't get heated and it's like the whole time big Edie is very much like um tell you know anything that she might misstep on she blames it on little Edie. yeah she's like well if you didn't do this or oh you don't need to talk to what does she say she's like you don't need to yell at me Edie," and she says when are you gonna? When are you gonna find out that you're you're in this world? You're not out of this world, Edie. <laughs> and she just says weird shit to her daughter all the yeah. fucking time. So she wants to be told she's a good mom. Um, at this point, I'm still calling Edie 56 year old in my notes. It says, but apparently she only disciplined 56 year olds. So there's some clear bitterness there because she's like, oh, and by the way, once we get around to this, uh someone in there goes who's the little girl it's like you know who the little girl in the fucking photos is this is a picture of her mom and her kids there's a girl in the photo i'm a girl who the fuck do you think that is and so she goes into oh that's me that's me but she only ever uh disciplined me she never disciplined those boys there's a very definitely a bitterness well yeah which is which is completely understandable bitterness but there's bitterness right and big edith is like oh well they never needed to be right they never needed to be disciplined and I'm trying not to do the same accent for both of them, but they talk kind of similarly. Yeah, One is they... just fucking older. She has a very shrieky voice. It yeah. doesn't sound like that, but like it's so fucking annoying. It really is. So then... One second. I'm very sorry. My phone restarted. And Alright, so... Yeah, she says she was crazy about her two sons. She's absolutely mad about them. Uh, and she completely leaves little Edie out of that fucking statement. She says nothing about her until Edie brings it up that she was the only one that got disciplined. And I'm sitting here like, okay, so now we have the one kid who apparently the only one who ever got in trouble and never felt loved apparently is also the only one who grew up and stayed with the mom and I guess is helping to take care of her now. Like, where are these two lovely little boys at this point, right? Like, I don't really know anything they're not around. about them. Yeah, they're That's not the crazy around. thing. Do you, so, did you ever figure it out? No, not yet. So then Edith wants to hold on to the photos. 
I think. Wait, one of them wants to hold on to the photos, and one of them says, if I do that, I'll never see them again. And then they start fighting over them, and then Big the portfolio wanted, rips. Big Edie wanted the photos. All of a sudden, she wanted the photos. She wanted to like, be, keep them, yeah. It's got to be what Big Edie wants all the fucking time, right when she wants it, and she won't shut the fuck up unless she, she gets away. And little Edie is... She's trying Blizz- to show it to the right. photographer. And she's like, no, because if you take it now, I'll never see it again. And there's uh-huh. and there's a pattern, if you were looking deep enough, as to why she might have said that. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. So she's trying to show these photos of her mom off and like these things off to the film crew. Her mom's trying to keep that from happening, I guess. And then they end up fighting over the photos until the portfolio rips. And he's like, see, look what you did now. But then she, so after that, she gets the photos and she shows them off. Um, but by the way, during this whole thing, there um, is a bug crawling on the headboard. And this bug, I think, deserves a film credit because he makes many fucking appearances throughout this. He even brings some friends along later. Um. So, yeah, the film crew fucking sucks. They held on, like, as that conversation dies down, they, like, pan over and zoom in on this photo for, like, what felt like five fucking minutes in silence. There's no soundtrack to this movie. The only time music plays is when they're listening to the radio or they're listening to an LP. Uh, I mean, I think, there's no, I think there's nothing. Need, I understand, but I think for me, that's the point. That's the point. Is like sitting. Look how there, monotonous this is. Look at how well, not just that, but like, do you see what is around? What this has turned into? Like, yeah. you see this old picture of of Big Edie. Yeah. And it gives you the moment to kind of reflect on where the fuck she is now, who she is now. Yeah. And what the fuck she did to herself. And the weird thing to me is, like, the the bickering is, like, the theme of the movie, basically. So, they're bickering at the same time, like you said, they're having multiple conversations at the same time. The thing that little Edie is doing constantly is trying to, like, show off her mom, like, talk about her accomplishments, show off pictures of her. It's very and, weird, the juxtaposition uh, yeah. of, like, the the bitterness to the like also protective nature she has over her mom. Yeah. And, and like her mom's legacy almost. And yeah. like she wants to show her off. And I'm like, I can't tell if she's doing this because she really thinks how her mom was so beautiful and she's really so proud of her or, or she's trying to get her acceptance. It's like, mom, I do love you. Do you love me back type shit? Or if it's just out of spite I because it's tradition, because she knows her mom doesn't like when she shows off old photos of her and she's like, well, no. fuck you. Look at this. I'm going to embarrass you. I really think that it's, we go back to that again. We go back to that, like, uh, that, that childlike naivety that she has. And, you know, we've only recently gotten to a point where people are saying like, I don't care if you're related to me. Like, I don't have to be in a relationship with you, right? Yeah, exactly. But back then, it was like you, you know, you... Family was family. Family was family, and it was her mother. She was the matriarch of the family or whatever. So in that, she... there. I guess there was just a... It, it's a tradition there and something that had never been questioned before. Mm-hmm. That even though she had that bitterness towards her mother for all the things that I'm sure you'll get to... Yeah. Um she was constantly like she was protective of her when it came to that fake quote unquote fake Mexican divorce and you know how beautiful her mother sings and how beautiful her mother is in photographs and and all these things but the bitterness always shows through at the same time 
but it doesn't seem as though it's like a spiteful thing. It seems as though she never thought any differently than those two ways. Like she mm-hmm. loves her mother. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. So I'm just gonna kind of like read my notes as I'm going, like just kind of read them verbatim, basically. So at this point, I typed, "Bro, I'm pretty sure they hate each other." Edith knows Edie is bitter. And she likes to tease her about how she had such a nice life when she was younger as she was neglecting her daughter. Like, there's a lot of that where Edith is trying to, like, bring... Or little Edie's trying to, like, bring that stuff up. Yeah. And Edith is almost, like, laughing at her. Like, not outward laughing, but, like, smiling. Like, yes, and I had such a lovely life when I was younger. And, like, talking about, like, the time that Edie was a kid and is talking about how she's the only one that got disciplined. She didn't get the same type of love from the ki- from as the sons did. And that whole time, her mom's response to that is to basically say, "Yup, and I was having a great fucking time." Well, it almost like, seems like she's, she's completely just in a state of denial about where her life has gotten to, right? She, yeah, so she doesn't want to address that, right? So it's very like, "My life has always been so wonderful," and and it's like you are literally sitting in a bed of bugs and trash oh yeah wait wait yeah exactly I'll, so I'll, i don't want to say too much I could, <laughs> I, could just, I could just give you the whole review myself but <laughs> i i don't know what you have so i'm just like so, i'm not trying to go too far yeah so that is like kind of our first interaction in that bedroom there's a lot more um so then we have Edie, little Edie, looking around the house and i'm thinking wear some fucking glasses instead of using a magnifying glass like your fucking chippendale rescue rangers She's looking for something very specific, and then I think she comes back to the room with it. She was looking for one of her mother's albums. Mm-hmm. So I have here, bickering, bickering, bickering. I'm so confused because they talk to each other like they hate each other in between all the moments of little Edie kissing Edith's asshole and playing her records and shit. Like, I'm literally girl putting your records on, and <laughs> in between that, oh, listen to my mother's beautiful voice. Shut the fuck up, Mom! Like that type of shit. Obviously, they don't do well, that. It's but not like that, but like, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely. I mean, you. That's this is a documentary that you need to probably watch more than once, and probably three or four times to get all the nuance. If stuff you can in it. take it. Yeah, if you can take it, which I can't. I mean, it's, it's totally my kind of fucking film. Yeah, yeah. But, but there is a lot of like. It seems as though. You would almost even think. Are both of these, do both of these people have some mental illness we need to talk about? But not only that, did little Edie always have a mental illness? Or was her mother the one that was a fucking psychopath and caused her to become this way, right? Mm. And, and you know, lots of gaslighting in this, in this situation. So it's like constantly where little Edie is, I think, trying to fight, trying to fight her way out of this, like, gaslight tunnel and say things sometimes that are probably very true very honest Mm -hmm. and her mother just continues to lie back at her or make her feel shitty forever questioning her own mother you know yeah or saying or no some of it seems like yeah it was that way fuck you yeah. Yes, I did. I did love my sons more, and I never disciplined them because they didn't need it. You did. Oh yeah, you had a bad childhood. Well, guess what? I was having a good time while I knew that you were having a bad childhood. So fuck you. Okay, bitch. Where are your fucking sons at? They're not here helping you out. So, also, is it just me or does the singing not sound very good? 
Maybe it's because it's like an old record, but like the record did not sound that good to me. I might not like that type of music or that type of singing, but I didn't like it when they themselves are singing. It doesn't always sound great, but like this LP she's listening to, I don't hear. And then it's it, very much that kind of stuff, though. It's like, yeah. listen you, to me sing. You, I am good at singing. And me, yeah. And me like and they're singing four like fucking that. notes the whole time that just get carried like it's just carrying out notes for long amounts yeah. of time so i was very glad when the lp fucked up well she's like singing with it and she's got is this part where she has the big hat on and she's constantly trying to like fix the hat oh maybe maybe they're always fucking with their heads they always they're always yeah, in this they one bedroom they're always fucking messing with it they're always in this one bedroom where there's two single beds mm-hmm and like three feet apart from and little Edie's side seems to consistently get more clean Mm -hmm. uh i think it was already better than her mom's side yeah but it gets more and more clean because i think she realizes that i have people in my bedroom now so i'm gonna clean my little area up a little bit more her mom doesn't give a shit you know it's just like this one small bedroom and again in this house of 28 rooms all together like rooms bathrooms bedrooms dining rooms kitchens things like that yeah and uh and yeah there's they're it's almost like they're just stuck in this one bedroom they both have a single bed the fly is stuck there too like i said he needs a fucking film credit i like when the credits rolled when those like two seconds of fucking green credits i think the screen was like green or some shit with the credits i was expecting to see fly you know doug the fly or whatever yeah so um so it's pretty clear to me that little Edie really, really, really wants to hear a very particular two words from her mother. And her mother is interest, more interested in, like, deflecting from the real reason Edie is here, which is apparently my mother can't fucking live by herself, right? Thank so, you, God. So, exactly. So to deflect from that— or she, didn't, or she didn't enjoy the fact that her life went down the tubes when her rich husband divorced her. Yeah, so— So she brought Edie down with her, and you find out more about these little things later. So her mother is more interested in deflecting from all this. So the reason I think that is, I have three possibilities. She either doesn't want to accept her lack of independence, she doesn't want to feel like a burden, and or— she doesn't want to have to come to terms with the fact that it is the daughter that she didn't give a shit about that came back to take care of her and not the sons that she held in such high regard. So if she accepts that someone needed to come back and help her, she'll have to ponder on why her precious boys didn't do it. So instead, she's addressing the situation as if little Edie is here because she likes the weather and wants to win her mother over. So then she oh, can try always, to kind of you, you always yeah. like the beach. You all you wanted to be here. Yeah, you, you're like, here because you love the weather. It's like, mom, I'm here because you're living in your own shit. But that's that's not even really it. Yeah, it's weird. It's like she came back in her twenties. Mm-hmm. And she then came, left. She and came, then back came back in her again. 20s. Yeah, and it's like, it was like you hear from the get go. It's like, I would I would take you know the 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 smallest little rat nest apartment and. In New York City, with with all, I can't get any sleep without um, jackhammers and construction work going on outside <laughs> the window. I would take any old rat's nest, any old rat hole in New York over this any day. And, and she's always in, yeah. saying things like that, 
And yeah, I'm if sorry. If you're living in New York, you're spending a lot of time outside of your home anyway. So it's like a lot of people, especially back then when everyone's trying to get into show business and stuff like that, it's like, okay, I'll go home. That'll be my base. I'll sleep. I'll wake up and then I'll yeah. hit the bricks again in the morning. So and there's always this like yeah, and there's always something to do behind her voice when she's talking about this and her mom Very much is always regret. like you wanted to be here. You wanted to be here. And and so I've never gotten any answers, but my my thought on that since the beginning is not that her mother needed help back then, but that her mother did mother's life went down the fucking drain. Mm. And her husband divorced her and all these things. And little Edie was doing something with herself, mm-hmm. and she was jealous of that. Yeah, it's weird because at this point, because her mom says two different things. Once we get later into the movie, and I don't, I don't, I didn't write this down, so I'll say it now. Once we get later into the movie, Big Edith is directly saying things like, "Oh, but then you wouldn't be here, and I'd be so lonely without you, and stuff like that." But like at this point in time, all we're getting from her is. No, you're here because you want to be here. Like, talking to little Edie like she's just, like, riding her dick. But it also sounds, even when she says that kind of stuff, I'd be yeah. so lonely without you. It's, like, very, it's almost like she is saying it to convince, to, like, make little Edie feel bad. It's, like, a way of guilt tripping her as yeah. if she's being true. But, yeah. like, from an outside perspective, you can that's all you see is like this seems like a guilt trip thing this doesn't seem like she actually feels that way yeah especially when at the beginning like again she can't accept the lack of independence and she doesn't want to face that it's Edie here and not the boys and all the sort of stuff I said just makes her okay well then you know to deal with that or to not deal with it let me treat Edie like she's a nuisance that doesn't have to be here she's here on her own you know just on her own free will and because she likes the weather and stuff it has nothing to do with you know, any sort of care that I need to get, right? Um, Because then she'll have to thank her or she'll have to feel guilty for the fact that, oh, I neglected this girl and then she grew up and came back to take care of me. And didn't get to live her own fucking life. Yeah, exactly. So, um... She needed somebody. She pushed everyone out of her life. She needed somebody. Yeah, so... There is is something that is said mm -hmm. that they believe that at least little Edie may have had something like Asperger's. When oh. it was, I don't know if that's still a diagnosis or not, or if it's People all don't a like spectrum. Because who, who, the guy Disorder. it's named after was a piece of shit. Okay, but so, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, like ASD. So, something in the in the autism spectrum disorder. Mm. I would I would venture to believe that both of them have something along those lines. But I Maybe. I could also make the argument that I don't know that little Edie was always like that. I think that her mom may have always been jealous of her youth mm. and her talents. And saw that, you know, nothing ever went right for herself. And she didn't like that it was going right for Edie. But the way that they talked about it, they always made it seem like she... So much went right for her in her career and stuff. But, but she's like, just always fucking lying because yeah. she's trying to put on this facade. Even though it's like, dude, we're in your fucking sh- rat yeah. hole house. Yeah, you, like, you're both right here. You right, both ended up here. You see what what happened. It's all been in all the fucking newspapers like I remember having you're to tell... feeding raccoons. Like what the fuck are you talking about? So at this point it was after that that conversation the one I just talked about where it became clear that Edie was just being a fucking manipulating gaslighting piece of shit so she didn't have to come to grips with her uh dependence. Um where I I said I really don't like this old bitch and I wish she would stop singing. <laughs> So um, I almost threw up my dinner 
as the camera guy zoomed in on her, rolling her eyes in the back of her head and combing her hair as she sang. Do you remember this? Yeah. I was Sweet like, can we fucking stop? Like, it, it was... But it was, there was all these, like, little moments of, like, almost, like, what I think it was every time, like I said, is, like, that moment where you're watching her and it's just zooming in and it's just staying there for a second instead of going on to the next thing yeah. is kind of, like, just this moment of... Uh, spectating. Oh, she thinks this is normal. Where she, yeah. But you can also maybe look into her eyes because all this shit has just been said where she's like, oh, I had a lovely life. My whole life has been lovely. And it's like, how do you believe that of yourself? And then, you know, you have this silent moment where you zoom in on this old woman that's brushing her hair. And, tea for two and two for tea. And you can kind of look into her eyes and see that maybe like she starts to slow down the words and she's looking off almost like she's dissociating and I don't know. I just get this vibe from it. Like she knows she, her whole life is fucked up. She's yeah. still putting on this fucking show. She is Delulu, Delulu. As, they, as they say on the streets these days. Um, and this is said really quickly, really quickly. And it could be a reference to dancing. I don't fucking know, but it is never mentioned again. As Edie is talking, one of the things she says that, she misses that she used to do that she can't do now that she's here real quick you just hear like i think the first thing she says is swinging i was like wait she where did that she was a swinger where did this come from do you uh, remember it that had something to do with dancing maybe it was dancing because this is like Swing she's talking dancing. about probably in the 50s and 60s to, yeah she learned how to dance like as a socialite that's what you do is like so swinging like be, you, yeah you show you okay. show off what you're able to do so she could sing she could dance oh and then you know, Kind of like a like a uh, what is what is uh, her name Ball um, Lucille. Lucille Ball or like um, Judy Garland Ju Judy Garland where it's like these women that how know, the fuck are we in our twenties and we're just rattling off Lucille Ball and Judy well that's kind of that's kind of what the vibe how was did I where know it's you like were talking I about want Judy to be thank you that's really crazy that you did know that though. <laughs> um you know they want to be those women they want it because judy garland was i mean both of those people were such icons judy garland yeah if you go watch documentaries on her that woman's fucking life was wild but mm. um but but a lot of these socialite women socialite life meaning, was wild she got picked up by a tornado have, yeah. and went to a fucking imaginary <laughs> fuck off um <laughs> What I mean by socialite, if you don't know what that word means, is basically like the Kim Kardashians of yesterday. The debutantes. Yeah, debutantes. People that were, um, were, debutante would be like a woman that's not married yet, right? Is that what that is? And then, but she's, she's got suitors and she's trying to become married and it's in this rich community. Yeah, rich. And you're and trying like, to marry into rich. And like trend setting. And trend setting and, and all those like things. That. So like, if yeah, you were part what, yeah. of that, you're raised to you're raised where you go to like etiquette classes and you learn this transatlantic accent and you learn different talents like true ways of dancing like actual styles of dancing you learn how to sing all of these kind of things get put into you so that you can be ha have possible suitors one day because that's what they would look for mm -hmm. in their wives back then and then of course you want to get famous and I think Little Edie always had something about her long before it was like, you know, out there to be this way or way back when it was very out there to be this way, um, outwardly mm -hmm. was she didn't, 
even though she loved men, she wanted to be with men, it seemed like she had like this independence about her where she didn't need that. Yeah. And I think that that didn't also didn't make any sense to her mother or to the rest of the world. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway. So then, like, I think after Edie talks about the things that she misses she used to do, you know, singing, uh, dancing, and stuff like that, she tells the story about how apparently there's people crawling around the fucking property. And this is when I started thinking, is something wrong with you? Like, is this a real thing? Because this is a big house, and you're maybe it's like a paranoia due to. Because every time I see that part, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Is that hallucinations? Because she's literally talking about like, there's like people crawling out of the bushes and running around in the darkness around the house all hours of the night. I I was like, are you fucking seeing things? Or there could be a possibility that like kids around the neighborhood are coming to like fuck with the crazy people yeah. in but the But she's mansion. saying like crawling in the bushes and shit. Like <clears throat> she's using words like that where I'm like I think she what? has a bit of paranoia and I think it may have even sprouted from uh when um when they were redoing the house. Mm. Uh she was really afraid that like all these th- the thing is that there might be all these prized possessions in your house but when they're covered in rat feces and and raccoon piss and they're like they're like tattered and and ratted and all this shit. They, might they don't mean them. shit any. They don't they they have zero value. Yeah. But she still values them in a way as if they have all this value and not just sentimental, uh-huh. but real value. So whenever they had to fix up the house, um they were moving a lot of this stuff and I I just got this vibe that she like put everything in in that room that they're in everything that she could think and then things that she couldn't figure out where they came from or where they where you know things that she couldn't figure out where they went rather yeah. she was every now and then going and searching for those things which we get to a really creepy part in the movie later. oh yeah for sure shit was fucking like for what, sure like a fucking scary film it was so fucked up yeah so again uh surprise surprise we're back in their bedroom yeah, <laughs> they're listening to the self help guy on the radio, and I noticed that like this is when I those church first... not self help. Oh well, this is when I first noticed that Edith's bed is a fucking landfill. I didn't notice <laughs> it until this point because yeah. they spend a lot big of time eating. look. Yeah, big Edith. They spend a lot of time with the camera looking right at her bed, and I'm like, why the fuck does it look like she's sitting on top of an ice cream sandwich? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's all, it is so many different colors, and none of them are the original color and of the she fucking probably mattress. Is she doesn't have on an ice cream sandwich. I don't even. I can't even remember if she had sheets. Like, it's just so much shit on the fucking bed. Yes. Like, there's enough. Like, she's moved just enough shit to put her fucking ass on the bed. Yeah, I don't know how she gets out of that bed in the morning without causing a fucking earthquake. So. And obviously the fly is there. You know, they're the star of the show. I say they're, you know, I want some non-binary representation. So in my head, in my head canon, this fly is non-binary. Okay. Yeah, non-flynary. Like, Damn bitch, you live like this? Non-flynary. Yeah, non-flynary. <laughs> Thank you for saying it again so I could pick up on it. Because I did not hear that the first time. So then we find out Edie has astigmatism. Uh, Edith says, which I don't believe a word that comes out of Edith's mouth at this point. Big out. Edie? Yeah, big, yeah, big, big girl. <laughs> old, 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 old Edith, old Edith. Um, says that they got her glasses and that she never wore them. They're and so crooked on her face. I'm also like, I don't know why it's too late for that. And the only option now is to lug around a fucking 
pink panther magnifying glass, but okay. They're also very old school. Well, you're talking about Little Edie. Little Edie, because she's like, I have an astigmatism. And I'm like, oh, so why So why aren't glasses an option anymore? Like, why do you have to use this fucking I magnifying think, I glass? I think maybe they don't, have, they don't have money. Maybe not. But I also believe that maybe she thinks that it's for old people to wear glasses. And her mother has glasses on that are like those typical like late 50s, early 60s, like cat eye eyeglasses mm -hmm. with like the pointed uh frames at the end at the outside of the um eye um mm. and they're like <laughs> crooked on her most of the time it's so funny look if she like she looks fucking crazy she looks like she would be one of the disguises in master of disguise she looks like fucking dana carvey by the way kind of yeah so now the next morning the blue thing on little Edie's head looks like a fucking hand towel. Like, it looks like she's just picking up any sort of long enough fabric that she can and just wrapping it around her fucking head. Because it, it's not always the same material. Like I said, sometimes it looks more silken, like an actual, you know, Sometimes sun. it's a shirt. It's yeah. never, it's never, I think only on occasion is it like a scarf of some kind, like a mm -hmm. some sort of little ascot or something that she's, but most of the time it's like, a, a shirt that she's tied around her head or or um, some sort of cape like she was talking about. Or, or like a, a tiny hotel towel. Yeah, like a towel. And it's always got like a brooch on it to keep it together. Yeah, yeah. Or to make it look like it's not a fucking towel. Yeah. So she, she's got she, alopecia, if, if you're unaware of that. She never uh, had – she doesn't have hair. I saw some white hair at some point, and then I never saw it's any hair again. It's just the smallest amount of hair on her head. And yeah. So she keeps this – and it's only like above her forehead. Like it's not like oh she's got a little bit of white hair because sometimes she would wear like that one of her headdresses that was like see through and it's like I'm looking right at her bald ass head. <laughs> so what was that white hair poking out it of the front? It was like front? her way of like having some sort of flowy on her head, like so she felt more comfortable. She's got one of those like you know when the dudes are like bald everywhere on their head except like those front spikes right above the forehead. Mm -hmm. That's what she's basically doing. Except it's not spiked up. Uh, she rambles like a motherfucker, by the way. She does. Like, we haven't been over that. Like, shit, you might say... It's like shit you might say to yourself while you're pacing around your house. Like, you're venting, you're trying not to spiral. So you're saying these things to, like, air it out about how, like, oh, this happened to me and this happened to me. Or, like, how you feel about someone. Or saying things you wish you could say to someone else. Or when you're in the shower and you realize the perfect thing you could have said in an argument with your fucking dad or whatever, right? She's saying shit like that, but she's saying it in front of people, and she won't stop touching her head while she does it. Like, she is never done it's fixing she's, it's these like things. She's, it's like she's making sure that her scarf is on because she doesn't want her bald-ass head to show. <laughs> yeah, she's but, yeah, constantly she does, touching this thing. She does say a lot of stuff. like, And she some things that, and this is, I think, another reason why it seems like her and her mother are having five conversations at once, is like, it seems like it's a they, talent, really. It's like it's it seems as though they understand what they're talking about, but it'll be like one of them just all of a sudden says something that feels like it's so off base to the rest of the conversation, and then the other one just continues the conversation as if you know, it's not like an ADHD thought, it's not like, oh, before I forget, it's more like you just answered this part of the conversation with this 
really out of nowhere fucking response. And then the other person just continues the conversation as if it made all the sense in the world. And it fucking didn't. Like, what the fuck? It's like, it's like they've had so many arguments or so many discussions, probably. They're just interwoven. That, they, that they're interwoven so they understand the little things. And they understand how the lasagna connects to the fucking singing career. Right. It's really strange. And yeah, it connects back to the car little accident. Edie, little like. Edie, I think, t- spends a lot of time, like, kind of revisiting these things while she's on her own or with the film crew. Yeah. But she also says things that I think she believes have everything to do with what's going on right then. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't make sense to everybody else that's around. It just it makes sense to her that it's all connected right to this moment. And she uh, she might be listing out stressors that led to trauma. Yeah. Right? She might be like listing out, well, in, in like almost maybe unintentionally or like unknowingly, maybe these things are connected and she's just kind of being like, naming all these things that made her feel a certain way that led her down this path like when she's arguing with her mom and it seems like she'll randomly bring something up that her mom did or didn't do 50 years ago while they're talking about some shit that happened last year or why she's back here like why her career in new york didn't go well or whatever else but in her head it's like she's kind of aware of those connections but there's never just like a super direct so yeah like like at the beginning when she's talking about like do you like my costume or however she says costume costume and she you know and she's talking like i had said earlier where she's like you wear you pull the stockings up over this over the shorts underneath the skirt and i think that's the best costume for the day i have to think these things up and then before she walks into the woods she goes And she gets really close to the fucking camera, like so close to the camera. She goes, and she says, and she says, mother wanted me to come out in a kimono. So we had quite a fight. And then she just turns around and goes off into the woods. And you're like, where the fuck? Yeah. It literally looks like she just goes and walks into the bushes. It's so scary. So anyway, um, we, now we're looking at little Edie's old photos from when she was doing her thing. And we notice she was wearing those same fucking white heels on the runway when she was modeling. And so now I'm like, oh, that's why her ass is wearing those things around the house in her fucking bathing suits because this is the shit she was wearing on the runway is these one pieces with these white heels. Mm -hmm. And she still wants to be that and wrapped up in this shit that she was doing 36 years ago. Um... So yeah, that that became clear to me. And then um, at this point, I'm sick to death of Edith. It took a minute. It was after that first conversation where I was. It was very clear what she was doing to try to like almost gaslight Edie into uh like you know like when I said she was treating her like a nuisance so she didn't have to accept her dependence. Right. At this point, I'm just I just hate her. I even wrote right here. Wow, <laughs> Edith is such a cunt. She is. I wish Edie would smother her to death. Yeah. All Edie does is tickle her fucking balloon knot and play her record. I'll be in between rambling and bickering. And then Edith just shits all over her. Yeah. Like, it's little Edie's turn to show off her old photos and talk about what passions she used to pursue. And Edith's old bitch ass wants to chime in and tell her she's an uggo. Or when she's singing. Like, what the fuck? I don't know why you ever did that. Why'd you ever wear that? Why'd you ever do your hair like that? And then, like, things where it's like, she starts singing, it's like, 
that like that right now. I'll leave the room. It's like, good, fucking leave the room. I fucking hate you. He's like, but stop like, singing like that right now. I was showing you your photos off to the camera crew 20 minutes ago and saying, look how beautiful my mother was. And she never says it like, she's not beautiful anymore, right? She's like, and like, she'll listen to my her mom sing. Mother. She'll play her record. She'll do all this stuff to show, like, show off her mom, show how proud she is of her mom. And then as soon as she starts showing some of her own shit to the cameraman, it's like, you know, she'll say, why did you ever do your hair like that? But she'll also say, oh, you, you were so beautiful back then, but you're not anymore. You just stopped caring about how you look and stuff like Shut the fuck up. Did I do this to you that I say, oh, mom, you used to be so beautiful and successful. And now you're fucking sleeping on top of a pile of garbage. And your hair is falling out. And you and you can't admit it. You're still sitting there. And your there glasses are falling off your still, fucking head. You're still sitting there as if you're the fucking queen of, of the bean. Yeah, I haven't said like, any of yeah, I haven't said anything like that. And now you want to tell me, oh well, you, you know, maybe you used to look good when you weren't doing your hair like that, and but now why, you're fucking ugly and bald. Why, that's why I think that, you know, I don't know if if little Edie was always the way that she is now. No, I don't think so. Or if if her mother drove her fucking nuts. Yeah, and then we get out we get out onto the porch the next morning and Edie is just like lying on her back on the porch. Yeah, she's getting some sun. Um, but Edith is sitting in a chair and for some reason while they're like talking and stuff like that, and there's just like I think a moment of silence. Not like an official moment of silence, I know I said it like that, but um the camera crew just like zooms in on Edith's fupa while she's just sitting there. Do you remember this? Big Edie? Yeah, bi- yeah, Big Edie. They just, like, zoom in on on that. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, Little Edie's just randomly shouting Robert Frost poems. Oh, she's like, two roads diverge in a yellow wood. And she, c- and she couldn't I figure it out. And I was the one. She's like, oh. It's something. And she would do that a lot. She, she, would, she would go back and, and. She's pissing off Edie. She's like. Two roads diverge in a yellow wood, and I was the one. And she's going back, and then she finally figures out some some way of saying it, and she goes, Robert Frost. Yeah, That's Robert yeah. Frost, you know. Yeah. And, like, I, this is when I was really getting, I, like, finished eating. I was getting into chill and not take so many notes mode. And then they cut to this, and she's lying on her back and fucking with another homemade headdress and reciting Robert Frost poems while the camera guy collects uh, spank bank material from Big Edith. It's just wonderful. So I never got to stop taking notes. Saggy-ass old titties are always almost out. And her fucking fupa. Like, he literally, if you go back, like it looks like he just zooms in on her lower belly. It's just like... So, speaking of the film crew and their fucking tendencies, there's two members of the film crew, right? Yeah. Well, whichever one, yeah, Maisel. Whichever one is not spending time zooming in on every crevice of old Edith's body is constantly dealing with sexual tension with little Edie. The one that's not as conservative, because when Edie first introduces herself and talks about her skirt and her her stockings and everything, she's like, she says to one of them, she's like, "Oh, I love you, shirt." You know, whatever she says, she's like, "You look great." And then she looks at the other, and she goes. And you, well, mother always says you're pretty conservative or something like yeah. that. And she talks about, like, I love that your blue shirt, it, like, it brings out the color in your eyes or something like that. But you can definitely tell she has, like, a 
a thing for one of them over the other, and it's not the conservative one. Yeah, and I think the conservative one is trying to get with Edith, Big Edith. So, uh, yeah, like I said, there's way too much sexual tension in this film and use of the words goddamn for it to be PG. Maybe they never went back and re-rated it, but I thought they were more strict back then in their ratings. But anyway, it's PG somehow. It's also a... You know, it's a documentary that I think if it was made today would be on, like, Sundance or something. Yeah, instead of, like, in the, so in the theaters. That, those so, those sort of things are not... And, like, I'm 87% sure that Edie wants to get spit-roasted by Jerry and the camera guy. Yeah. Anytime Jerry comes around, Jerry's too young slot. for her to be acting like that, but she definitely does, like, give off, like... Like, he's the pool boy sort of vibe, and again, right? it's like she doesn't... She's unaware of how old she is until it's like she has to talk about time passing. Mm-hmm. And then she's very bitter towards her mother taking her life away from her. Yeah. So, then, obviously, the theme of the movie, there's more bickering. Um, And I was completely right about Edith. This was when I realized that. Because she's talking about little Edie... Um, lit like living here because she wants to, and like it's Edie who's being a burden, right? And how uh she used to actually send Edie groceries and shit. She's bringing that up. I don't know if it's true, but she's well, bringing we that up. Oh, remember sure when you were, were down fed. fucking love? Yeah, we used yeah. to make sure you were fed, and we used to make sure that you had everything you needed. You couldn't do anything for yourself up there. And she's saying all this to drown out Edie. Telling her that basically she doesn't think she's ever going to get to leave this place before Edith dies. Because Edith isn't getting any younger and won't be getting back on her feet and taking care of herself anytime soon. So it's like, that's a that's another common theme I noticed. is like anytime Edith got close to sort of stepping up and like sticking up for herself and saying something about not liking it here. Wishing she didn't have to be here. Or, or bringing is, up something yeah, that you did to me when past, I was younger. Right. Or whatever, all of a sudden her mom just fucking starts talking. Just starts talking and does not stop. Does not want the cameraman to hear what Edie has to say. Doesn't want anyone fits, to know. And she's gonna yeah. throw some fucking fits about it too if she Edie will, doesn't stop. Yeah, and Edie's just trying to talk about her feelings, like have actual conversations. And Edith will just fucking talk and talk and talk and be like, no, it was this and that and this and that. Until until she finally gets Edie to shut up. And then, and then she might a, fucking stop. And then there's zoom-ins on Edie where, little Edie, where she's just like sitting on the edge of the bed, like looking down. 56-year-old woman with alopecia just... Letting this old lady shout her down. Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. She just does this shit to drown her out. She's not ever really saying anything of substance. But one thing I notice is like, if Edie's there to help her, if that is what this is, like, I feel like she could do a little more like with the bed for example or with like this like mess everywhere but i guess it's hard to do more when you're receiving like no recognition no appreciation she wasn't always an old lady that needed to walk around with a cane with a with a cane yeah edie's from my understanding edie has been there a long time and it's not because her mother needed physical assistance okay it's because her mother either didn't have money to support her being up in New York anymore because the father took the boys and and all his money. Oh. You see what I'm saying? That's where the boys went. And she never had money to begin with. Or mm. she spent all her father's money and then pushed everybody else out. 
whatever fucking happened, she didn't have any fucking money, and and Edie either was something that made her jealous, or you know, because we talk about the love that she tried to encounter a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get to okay, that. Okay, and just stuff like that. So I don't, I don't really think. That it had anything to do with, oh, my mother's old now and needs physical assistance. Well, Edie kind of keeps bringing it up that way, though. Whenever they bicker, she's like, oh, you know, I had to come down here and help you. If I didn't have to do that, I'd, you know, still be in New York. Well, I think it's because her mother, again, is this guilt-tripping person that's like, please come down here and, like, be, you know, emotionally supportive as far as, like, being another person in this house or being here because the people that I choose to... Uh, uh, fall in love with or or kind of sketchy or fucked up. Yeah. Or come down here and help me because I'm just really actually just I'm not taking care of my property, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna blame it on everything else because that's what Big Edie does. And now there's a hole in the roof. Little Edie, please come, you know, suffer in this fucking hell hole with me. Yeah, that's how it, that's what it ends up being. And I'm sitting here like, literally just leave her. Like if she wants to sit there on her old ass garbage raft right she just wants to sit in that and tell you how you aren't shit and she doesn't need you then like leave her there and we'll see how well she does on her own since you don't got to be here right right so but like i said like she will not shut up until everyone else does and even then she'll keep talking and i at this point i literally want her dead i wrote that down i want her dead because like I said, Edie will bring up a legitimate thing. Like, she's actually trying to have a real conversation. And Edie will just start talking. It reminds me of um, Pete Buttigieg. So, like, if you go back at, like, the 2020 Democratic uh, primaries, whenever Bernie Sanders, like, finally got a chance to talk, because they were doing their best to not let him speak, whenever he started talking, this dude Pete Buttigieg was on the stage he would just try to talk over Bernie. And then when you go back and you put their um, transcripts next to each other, Bernie was still like getting his point across. And then you look at Pete Buttigieg and it's literally just like fragmented sentences, words that are just thrown together, just a bunch of things, losing his train of thought. His only mission at that point was to talk over Bernie Sanders and not let people hear what he had to say. And that is exactly... I bring that up because that's exactly what Edith reminded me of. Because Edith's trying to vocalize actual thoughts and feelings. Big Edith does not, is not vocalizing actual thoughts and feelings. She rarely does that for this whole thing because she's a fucking manipulator. And she, she just wants to be the loudest and bring up something else and talk about this or that and make it look like Edie's the fucking crazy one, right? Because then sometimes she'll share some... Or she'll think that she's sharing some side-eye with the camera crew. Like, oh, man, see, like, she's fucking having a meltdown again. Right. And it's like, no, we we think you're fucking, we think you're a bitch, too. We just can't right. say that. Um, But, yeah, I hate it. Cause he, and then even after, even after Edie finally gets quiet, Edith will just keep talking and carrying on some fucking conversation about how awesome she is and how good she is at singing. And it's like, I, I want someone to push you down the fucking stairs. <laughs> like, I hate you. So... Um, at some point, it looks like Edie's about to, like, crack in front of the camera crew. You know, she, she's talking again about she can't live out here. And I'm just like, okay, well, then just leave Edith to rot because this is bullshit. Because, like, there, there are a few moments in the movie where 
like the bickering seems like it's not just them just mindlessly fucking chatting at each other like one of one of the situations i just described and edie looks like she's about to cry at a couple times in this film even towards the end like she's actually starting to cry and get serious and shout at her mother because she doesn't feel listened to and her mother is just like actively not taking it seriously like you know when like someone doesn't care and they don't take something seriously but then there's also like the manipulator thing where they like yeah, make like sure said, to not take it seriously. Like she said, she's like when she said the thing about. She said, "You don't have to yell, Edie," and she's like, "Not yelling." And she's like, "When are you gonna learn, girl? You're part of this world, you know. You're not out of this world." And it almost just seems like a way to. Trying to make her think that she's crazy. Yeah. It's just gaslighting for sure. But, like, at a whole new fucking level. Yeah, for sure. And it's, so, oh, it's just... So, and then we just have, like, this few seconds of film where, like, I guess Edie's not in the room, and it's one of the few moments that little Edie's not in the room and big Edith isn't shouting for her to come back, mm-hmm. where she's just, like, sitting there half asleep, naked in bed, and the camera guy's just, like, got a camera on her. Yeah. No dialogue, no anything, just looking at this old woman naked in bed. And I'm like, dude, can you leave? You don't see anything. But no, yeah. you don't see anything, but it's clear that she's naked under the sheets. And she starts to, like, pull up the sheets and stuff because maybe she's getting a vibe. So, anyway, uh, like clockwork, we're having this conversation again. Edie brings up the reason she came down, and Edith rambles over her again with a nonchalant tone, which is the, I hate that tone of voice that she gets, which is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, whatever. Serious oh, problems. Edie. All the trauma that you have. Whatever. Shut the all fuck up. All you ever do is talk about how you never did anything. And I always did everything for you, Edie. <laughs> Edie! Edie! So, so, Edith, you know, she rambles over. And uh, she's talking about how she doesn't need anyone to worry about her. Uh, she's also giving Edie no credit for taking care of her in the house several years ago before she left and came back. Because that's one thing that we find out is that Edie... There was actually a period of time before this where she was living here until I think there was another guy around or something like that, and Edie got to leave. Um, But then Edie, she finally gets pissed, like legitimately pissed. She's not letting Edith talk over her. She's shouting at her. And then she says something about pushing her under the goddamn bed. She's like, don't say that again or i'll push you under that goddamn bed and i'm like what does that mean you're gonna push her on i did, I literally just imagine her like the way you would do like a suitcase <laughs> or like a like one of those big rubber made containers of random shit you. it means i'm gonna kill you and then i'm gonna put your body under the bed damn or that bed is so loaded down with bullshit that i'll push you under it and you'll she lost her mind and it's there. really weird because it's like she got as angry as she could should have gotten up to her like about her mother's actions. And then legitimately she threatened like, her. But yeah, but she lost, she got mad. No, she didn't threaten her mom. She threatened somebody else in the room. Oh, I thought yeah, she was she yelling was at like, her mother. Because it was something like, it was really weird. It was like, it was like she was yelling and she was mad about one of her husband's exes. Or one of her, my bad. She was mad about one of her mother's exes. Mm-hmm. And somebody in the room said something, and she's like, you better, she misunderstood. And she was talking to one of the camera guys. She's like, you better never say that again. I'll push you under the goddamn bed. And she was losing her fucking mind. Oh, I thought thought she was yelling at Edith. No, she was. See, this is why I From what I could tell, she was yelling at the cameraman, 
And mm-hmm. she was like, she was just talking all kinds of shit about, and it was about the, again, the mother and the uh, father's divorce and how the mother cheated on her husband. She cheated. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's part of why it all happened. But she was also just a lazy, like, moocher that was, you know, uh, I think an addict and just always has been the way that she is even with Edie, with her ex-husband. So... All this happened to her because of her own actions, right? And yeah, she's pushing it onto her children, her her one child that's remaining, um, a, to stay around. Yeah. And uh, anyway, yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, I think Big Edie has always been this way, even with other people, and other people just didn't stay for it. And so I don't know what it is about little Edie to protect her in this way, but yeah, she got up somebody else's ass about about her mother. Oh, um, and like I, this is and, our business. Stay out of it, type shit. Yeah, she's like, don't you ever fucking say that again. Like she lost her shit. Like you could see like red in her fucking eyes. She was pissed. Yeah. Oh, so I completely misunderstood that because I dead ass was like, yeah, she's finally getting angry at her mom. And threatening to kill her like I wanted the whole time. But apparently she was talking to someone else. So, like, the movie was unsettling. But, like, while I'm watching it, I was... I still didn't understand exactly why you chose it for me as, like, one of our Halloween movies. But, like, it was... I I have more notes, but I just typed this right here. That it was... It was unsettling, though. I just didn't, like... I didn't expect it when you brought it up. And then while I was watching it... Like, when you brought it up, based on only my limited knowledge on it and then the fact that it was the spooky season theme i was like is there a point where like one of these people ends up dead and it's like a murder mystery like i was almost i was waiting for that for most of the fucking movie due to the fact that like you have me watch it for this theme and it would have been completely legitimate and understandable if if little edie had fucking snapped and murdered big edith but it never happened, so I ended up kind of confused. I was like, "Wait, what?" I think it's more. <laughs> I think it's just more of like you know the odd corners of the earth. Yeah. You know, kind of like the movie Freaks isn't necessarily a Halloween movie. But I haven't seen that movie. Either. It's an old black and white film about the actual freaks of the circus, and they oh. made a a scripted film with them in it. Okay. Like the old freaks, like like um bearded ladies and stuff like that and like these i had a patient call me a bearded lady one time when i was a transporter Mm -hmm. because i guess he was old and he didn't it was weird to him to see like a a male presenting person with a ponytail and i walk up he's like are you the bearded lady and he thought it was funny i just looked at him until he apologized (laughs) sorry i was just joking yeah okay um so uh you know, there's certain movies that might not necessarily be like Halloween related, mm-hmm. but they're odd enough to where like if you think about watching them like or imagine stumbling upon like somebody's home videos and it's just a bunch of that. It's just it's creep fest. It's like we live in this like decaying house mm-hmm. with all these weird animals and it's dark and we hoard ourselves up in this one room with all this old shit around. And There's like, 28 fucking rooms, and we see, like, three of them. Right. Very and, confusing. And we've got these two women that are obviously fucking out of their mind, um, arguing with each other, and and just kind of... It just It's just one of those oddity-type things. Like, it just seems like... 
And there's some people out there that can't sit through it because it makes them uncomfortable. And I think, like I said in the beginning of this, is like last year we did a lot of very campy things as far as Halloween went. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of get into more of just like oddity stuff. Like this is just really such a strange part of history and part of, you know, this piece of art that exists. And I think I would be really fucking creeped out the first time I watch it, if I, I was really creeped out. Like I felt like, Ooh, like what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, now I've watched it a thousand times. It doesn't really creep me out, but it's still, it's vintage. It's got the vintage look to it. It's from the seventies. They have these transatlantic accents. You don't really get too much of a peer back in history on what, where they came from, even though I'd, I'd love to see that. Um, yeah, you just get like these two crazy women living in this dark, decaying house that eat corn and they're fucking dead. Oh, you spoiled the corn. I'm sorry. Oh no, we'll I was almost there. there. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> so yeah, whenever Edie takes a break from yelling, Edith just continues to ramble calmly, and yeah. sometimes I can't tell if she's just old and stubborn and like out of it, or if she's really trying to control the situation and make Edie look irrationally angry and delusional by like keeping calm and holding eye contact with the film crew is like Edie's losing her patience right because she'll just like she's trying to look like the one that's in control and like isn't insane and she's yeah she's like so as I was saying type shit she puts she pushes little Edie to a point to where she knows she's gonna crack and look like a fucking nutbag Mm -hmm. and then Edie does that and then she gets to turn around and go Look at this crazy nutbag. She gets to do the fucking Jim Halpert face to the film crew. It's like, no, yeah. fuck you, bitch. We just watched you. We know what you just we did. We just know you fucked we with We saw that. Head. You fucked with someone's head, and they acted like someone acts when their head gets fucked with. Right. And then you go, yeah, so anyway. um, Obviously, I, I, yeah. everything I say is true, and everything that comes out of her mouth can't be trusted because she's a nutbag. So now let's carry on talking about an unrelated topic. Like, that. You know, that's just some weird thing that just happened. She's crazy, yeah. right? So anyway, um, as more comes out, it becomes pretty clear to me, in my head, that like Edith had been sabotaging Edie along the way in her career pursuits. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. my previous question was answered basically. Like she's she's old and stubborn, but she also knows what she's doing. She's just a manipulative, narcissistic asshole. Yes. And she always has been. Yes. And I hope Edie, little Edie, burns this fucking house down with her in it, like. That, that, like I said, like Edith won't even have a statement prepared. She's just on a mission to not let Edie finish a fucking sentence and be understood. Right. Like, that's the whole mission. She's trying to say out loud in front of people that I did something wrong. I can't let people hear that. Blah, 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 blah. I can't hear you. Stop talking. Stop talking. Very childish, but also very, like, you know what the fuck you're doing at the same time. Right? Um, also, how many cats? How many cats? Like, it got to a point where I couldn't ignore it anymore. Because uh, you've noticed I haven't said a single thing about cats. But we're like, this is probably maybe an hour into the movie at this point, And all of a sudden, I just realized, I think that was like the seventh fucking cat that I've seen. There's lots of cats. Um, and I also can't tell if Jerry is 17 or 43. Yeah, Jerry, <laughs> I think, is, is he seems like he's a kid. He seems like he's like 17, 18. But he could be in his early twenties. Yeah. I don't think I don't think he's a he's a grown ass man. Okay, so then, 
Um, Edie's out on the deck doing some leaf watching after this, like the next morning, I think. She's out there with a camera guy, just like looking at trees and shit. Like, I, I don't know if she calls it leaf oh, watching. Oh, she's out in the yard? Is that yeah. when that is? Yeah. But she has these, or no, she's on the balcony. So she oh. has these two, um, she has these binoculars that look like two big chess pieces. Like, probably very old, very vintage. Um, I don't know if you call it vintage if it is the fucking literal 70s, but she's out there, she's singing melodies, and she's talking in a way that makes it seem like she's really just trying to drown out Edith. Because Edith is inside. Like, yeah, I don't know if she's crying for help or whatever, but it's like, sorry, bitch, get life alert. I got my binoculars. I'm out here with a film crew. I'm looking at leaves, and there's nothing you can fucking do yeah, to stop me. Yeah, I'm outside. Me. I'm not. Leave me the right fuck now. alone. Because that's the thing is, Edith constantly is like, I don't need you. Fuck you. You ain't never did shit with your life. It's not my fucking fault. I don't need you around here, even though I fucking begged you to come here and I'm begging you to stay at the same time. It's like as soon as Edie leaves the room most of the time, as she's walking around talking with the film crew, 90% of the time in the background, you hear her mother calling her fucking name over and over again like it is the most important thing in the world happening. And it's not. It's just her sitting up on her fucking grilled cheese sandwich of a bed, bitching. And I think it might have something to do with, now that I'm thinking about it, when little Edie's out of the room talking to the camera crew, she Edith she, can't monitor what the right. fuck she's saying. She can't control the situation. She can't be like, so she can at least be like, Edie, 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 and distract her that way, I guess. But it's like, oh, now that Edie's not in the room with me and I'm slow to move, I got to get up out of the bed with a cane, probably need help going down the stairs. I am not able to shut her the fuck up if she's telling them something that I don't want them to know. So she gets very fucking stressed out whenever... Um, Edie leaves the room. So you noticed that too? Is yeah. that what is that what you think it was? Because I just thought of that right now. Yeah, I think I, I think that's part of it. Yeah. Okay. So after that, uh, Jerry shows up, and it seems like he didn't want to like stay at first, but they had him come inside, and I'm like, where did all this fucking corn come from? Yeah, is my thought. Like out of nowhere, there's it. corn. We didn't see the corn get picked. We didn't see the corn get made. It's just there. Big Edith just has a fucking bedside corn bowl. No, she has a, a bowl whole of fucking, bedside corn. She has a whole fucking pot. She's cooking the corn in. While in she's her in bed. fucking bed. She's got like a whole like pot burner on the bed. That's absolutely fucking insane to me. And she's cooking the corn and there's butter and everything. And they're just eating corn in the bedroom. They have like a mini fridge in there with like ice cream and tuna salad or tuna yeah. fish and shit in the fridge yeah like and they're boiling corn in the fucking bed i was so fucking disturbed so she keeps offering some to jerry and he really doesn't want any but she won't stop offering it to him big edith and uh she doesn't take no for an answer so eventually he accepts the corn and then she watches him eat it and comes and, well, Basically, she, she's like, oh, yeah, I love the way you eat that corn. Like, the way she's talking is so fucking insane but to me. But also, like, making him, like, put the, like, the way that he has to put the butter on. Like, just imagine eating corn on the cob in any other situation other than with a table underneath a plate. He's standing up with a fork full of butter having to, like, scrape it against the fucking corn. Until yeah, it and he's being off. filmed, like... Wanting, having to eat this corn that he didn't want in the first place. And there's an old lady it's flicking her bean watching him do fucking it. fucking weird. So now we get to 
what Madison was talking about earlier. So, at the beginning of the movie, like you said, apparently I missed this. I had my back turned for a second making my plate in the kitchen. Apparently I missed Big Edith feeding raccoons. So, Edie apparently said, Mom, stop feeding the fucking raccoons, right? Well, I know that that's in the documentary, but it's okay. like... It's in the in the in the uh, parody doc. Oh, it's not real. Now, oh, okay. but it is a real scene at the beginning where it's like she's like, "Edie, the raccoons are in here again," or some shit like that. Yeah, and it's like you got to stop feeding them, mom. Like we got to stop feeding them, or maybe but like then, give me the bread. Like we need to feed these raccoons type shit. Yeah, it's so like, that's what I'm about to get to. Why are you feeding pests that are in your home? Exactly. That's what I'm about to get to. Is like. It be, I get very confused oh. at Edie because it's almost as if, like, you hear these things about her saying, like, she had to come down here for her mom and blah, 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 as if she's supposed to be taking care of her and or the house. But, like you said, maybe it's just an emotional support thing. I'm thinking that's what it is because she hasn't done shit to make this house look better. And she's the fucking one feeding the animals, by the way. Plot twist. She goes up. Sorry, I'm very worked up about this. She goes up to the attic, guys, full fucking sleeves of Wonder Bread to feed vermin. She just dumps it to on... To feed rodents. Yeah, she just dumps a, a mountain of bread on the ground. Literally, like like a full pa- a full loaf or two. I, so much food, and then... Dumps. Yeah, it looks like she had like a full box of the dog food from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. And she just dumps, and she just dumps it all in the food. Like, these are such lucky little fucking raccoons. They're all fat, too. They all got wagons. Because she's been feeding them, and then she'll turn around and be like, Mom, don't feed the fucking raccoons. Why are you in the attic feeding these raccoons bread? Maybe, what the fuck is going on? Maybe that's her one spiteful thing. Maybe, maybe she's... She's like, fuck you, because I think at the beginning, now that I'm thinking of it, it's just Big Edie sitting at the top of the stairs, looking at this whole... Where this raccoon is poking its head out of. Oh. And she's like, Edie, the raccoons are back. And Edie's just in the fucking uh, attic like, it's fuck like, yes, your mom. Yes. They're going to take the house from you. Fuck you. I'm going to ruin this bitch. Just destroy it from the inside out. Um. Also, now, now that we're in the attic, we learn that it seems like Edie thinks there's... <laughs> Some sort of be... A ghost? Is- yeah, either the Blair Witch Project there, shit. Yeah, there's either a poltergeist. These are the these are her two options. It's never that she misplaced something. It's either that there's a poltergeist fucking with her books, or that Jerry is stealing them from the house and selling them to his friends because she really thinks that these books are valuable. I don't remember what these books were, but she was looking for a book, and she was looking up in the attic, or she was surprised to and find something like she, in the attic. Yeah, she found she finds like this book, and I don't know which book it is. Yeah, but it's like. It, I'm pretty sure it's a book she had in her hand at another point. Mm. Or the way that they film everything, it may have been that Zodiac book, but they put the Zodiac stuff before she found the <laughs> before she found um, the book. Okay. But she actually found the book first. But the way it looks is though she, at some point earlier in her life and in film had this book and now it's in the fucking attic for some reason which is kind of scary like if she didn't put it there but her whole thing i think is not only jerry but like i was saying earlier is this paranoia for all the people that came and cleaned the fucking house Mm -hmm. um and fixed the house up she was very afraid that a lot of things got taken sold thrown away that didn't need to be 
And I don't know if this is still in the process of them fixing up the house. Yeah. But it almost seems as though she seems to think that people are still coming by and moving shit around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she goes up into this fucking dark attic space, and it's just her and one fucking film guy. And she finds this book, and she, like, starts freaking out about how it's up in the attic. How fucking scary is that? That is this creepiest shit ever. I Not for her. Scene, I mean, yeah. for us. Like, to yeah. watch that happen, like... This crazy woman goes up in the fucking attic and then starts saying that, like, her book shouldn't be up there. She didn't put it up there while she feeds raccoons with Wonder Bread and dog food. That's yeah. the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. That cameraman is like... Like, he, he could have would... died. Because he could have just, like, panned and then it's her, his brother, like, standing in the corner, looking into the corner, like, oh, not God, saying anything. Not this shit. Like, Blair Witch Project shit. Meat hooks and everything. And I think that's what they did in uh in the documentary now version of it. Because, <laughs> I mean, that really felt like what was about to happen. Like, some sort of demon was about to possess someone. I would have jumped. Unless she, like, warned me beforehand. Maybe she said, hey, I got this bread. I'm going to go feed raccoons. Because they didn't show a conversation beforehand. He just follows her up in the attic. Oh, by the way... As they're going up the stairs, of course, the camera has to just watch her ass go up the stairs for a minute. And then they go to the attic, and she's fe- I would have jumped. Would you have not? If all of a sudden, like, like, like she's making a fucking salt circle or some shit, except instead of keeping witches at bay, it's to invite raccoons in. And from all corners of the fucking attic, these raccoons just swarm this fucking they do. pile of bread. They don't. It's not like she. I would have fallen out later. of the attic. It's not like she just puts it down for later. Literally, the raccoons start coming up and grabbing it with their little baby hands. Like she's a Disney princess. And eating bro. it. Right. It's so fucked. And like, her no, little here's baby what, hands. If she would have. Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, baby hands. <laughs> Fucking dude. Like, I'm trying to tell you, like, that wouldn't have been the part. That part would have freaked me out. But I think the part where she like is already kind of like out of her fucking mind. Yeah. And she asked me to come up to the attic, so I'm already on edge. Now she there's, threatened to there's shove me under her bed. Seven raccoons fucking pummeling this stack of bread. And then she says, this book shouldn't be up here. I would have jumped through the floor. <laughs> I would have jumped out the fucking attic window. Like this book isn't supposed to be here. What are we about to do? Summon something? Get the fuck away from me. So after that, I think it's the next morning. Uh, you know, obviously there's more bickering. Um, and like, I think while they're in the attic, so she's feeding raccoons. As if this situation isn't hectic enough, once again we hear Edith just constantly calling her fucking name. Edie. What are you doing, Edie? And then, so the next day, Edie needs a break and she fucks off for a beach day. And the beach is like nine yards away from the fucking house, basically. So then the camera guy just, she goes out, I think she gets in the water. The camera guy just like slowly, basically takes like a full panoramic you and then they just cut to the next morning i was like what was the fucking point of that they're probably fucked so then the next day's i think edith's birthday right yeah i hate this shit i couldn't tell it was her birthday until someone then literally until a cake came out and people just sang happy birthday to her but she got dressed yeah yeah and she's she's mad so she's uh she's obviously she's doing her acting like nothing's good enough routine um, but this to be shit. fair, this house is a wreck. Okay, yeah, but but why? But is the it wreck? way yeah. that the way that it's said, yeah, pisses me off because because yeah. it's like 
she's just like fucking being so mean to little Edie in, in front, front of people of people and saying things that I don't think she ever asked for. It's like, where's my goblet? This is just a paper cup. She's like, she's like saying things that are like just throwing little Edie under the bus over things that I don't think little Edie even was told to do. Yeah. And she's just trying to make it again, seem like if, if it was up to her, She'd be living so much more lavishly, and she understands etiquette, and she understands how things should be. And even the people that are there, the guests that they have, aren't convinced that she's anything more than this piece of shit that lives in this big mansion that she's fucked up. There's one of the guests that seem extremely uncomfortable. But her, but yeah, she does. The old man doesn't seem at, like he's a little more conversational, but the woman that he's there with is just like, Looking like I would look in a situation, like yeah, just sitting there in her like chair, to leave. and just, like very clear Edie the whole time, quiet, face down, like she's been trained to. Be hey, mom, this way. here's a birthday cake, mom, and sings her happy birthday and shit in between her mom saying, "You didn't do this. Why is this? This? This is a mess. I don't have my goblet. Your fucking goblet? Yeah. Are you shitting me? I could, I almost couldn't tell if that was a joke, and then I remembered that it was fucking Edith." Yeah, because like that's kind of something our dad would say almost like when we're throwing a birthday party, and he would ironically act like it wasn't good enough, even though we all know how he really feels. He would say something like, "Where's, Where's my, my goblet?" Because we did everything for him and made it now such it a nice like day a, yeah. that he would say something funny like that, like, "Oh, where, where's my fucking goblet, guys? You forgot that." And then I had to remember, no, this isn't dad. This is shit ass Edith. She probably has a goblet stashed away somewhere, and she's mad. That on her fucking 92nd like, birthday, she's drinking out of a oh, paper cup. Oh, I know cup. you walked into my home, and it's this fucking raccoon nest. Uh, yeah, in this, literally. You know, and, and there's holes in the walls, and I've already been all in the newspaper and everything. <laughs> but since you're here, and you can see it, and it's, it's this open wound for you to look at, I'm just going to go ahead and place all the blame on Edie. Yeah. And say, well, this isn't as good as it should be because... Edie didn't prepare it correctly instead of me taking accountability for anything I've fucking done in my life. Exactly. But she's dressed, and she walks down the stairs on her own with her fucking cane. Yeah. And I actually like her outfit kind of. She's kind of cool looking. put on a show. But, uh, yeah, and it's, it, and I just, it's so, that whole part mm-hmm. I could do without, but it just, it pisses me the fuck off. That, that scene in particular, I'm just like, fuck you exactly so one thing i noticed and this is after those people leave i think is i i re- remember that this movie came out this documentary was filmed or whatever in like 1976 and you would never know that led zeppelin and pink floyd existed at the same time as this fucking home environment you know what i mean like yeah. there's psychedelic rock happening right now there's david bowie happening right now and then in this house you would have no idea about Anything because like they're that. they're lost in the fucking past. They are so stuck. Two for tea and tea for two. Exactly. You know, and, and just this old debutante lifestyle that they do not fucking live in. Mm-hmm. And they're just, st- yeah, they're stuck in that old, they're, this old, like, Judy Garland era that do- is not is not here anymore. But... The way that they dress and the way that things in the house look. 
Mm -hmm. the the age of the things in the house is all very of that time as well now my favorite piece of cinematography from this film and probably the funniest part in the movie was edith calling edie an immature child basically as the camera pans to show her in her grilled cheese race car bed because like edith little edie's on the other side of the room just like you know Dancing and singing. Dancing, singing, being silly. This is the part where she's saying, like, and her mom, quit singing like that. I'm going to I'm gonna leave the room. I'm going well, to die if you sing like that. They were in another room when that happened, but that's, like, the very next scene. But it's after her birthday, and I guess after her birthday, Edie has had enough, and she's just doing whatever she wants in front of her mom. So one of these is she's acting silly with the cameraman, oh, yeah. and Edith is just, like, again, call, saying she's immature and like comparing her to a kid, right? Saying, "Oh, you all, you're always just so childish. You're just like a little kid." And down, the dude. camera, as she's talking, the camera pans over to her, just sitting in her own filth, next to little Edie's very clean, tidy bed. And it's like, "Oh, she's a, if she's a child, what the fuck? Are you a fetus? Are you a fucking sperm? Like, what are you? If she's a fucking child, like you can't even." Not have trash in your bed. This this isn't even not making your bed, right? This is, you can't manage to not sleep in garbage. It's fucking crazy. So, you know, I got to admit, in another unmarried and very down bad life, I would probably let little Edie hit, to be honest. Honestly, Edie isn't ugly. She's got, like, the old, like, liver spot skin now, like... Well, like, just, sort like, of. very freckly, like, a lot of sun yeah. has hit her skin. But yeah. she's not, like, her skin is still pretty supple, like, it's pretty tight. She doesn't look 56. And she doesn't look 56. She doesn't have all kinds of wrinkles all over the place. And and she's, like, very thickums. Like, she's not fat at all. Like, she's, like... She has a waggo. Yeah, she has a wagoo. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, and, the uh, land of waggo. And she's got a... She doesn't have, like, I mean, it all depends on what your preference is, but as a 56-year-old woman, her body's pretty tight, and her legs look nice, and she can wear a one-piece bathing suit, and she's, like, you know, flat all over, like... And the way she looks into the camera is like, oh, she wants to fuck. Yeah. Like, and she's, like, showing her ass off to the camera. It's just one of those like, things yeah. where I'm, like, afraid halfway through a blowjob, she's just gonna bite me, like, bite it off. I thought you were saying... a. You were afraid halfway through that a blowjob would just happen during the movie. No. No, so, yeah, she'd be, and all of a sudden just... Yeah, she just bite it off. Jeez, out. She just looks like she wants to fuck this whole time. Yeah, bro. I think she would, too. So, and then we get to the point where we're in the room, right? And, uh, Edie's just, she's just trying to play dress up and sing, right? Mm-hmm. She's just having fun, and the whole time Edith is just shouting critiques at her about how she's not singing well and enough. And she's telling her to stop. Yeah, she's like, stop. stop. I'll leave the room. Well, if you gotta do it, you gotta do it perfect. It's like, mom, we're not at a fucking recital. I'm just trying to fuck. Like, <laughs> I'm just trying to have a good time. Stop cop blocking, you dumb yeah. old cunt. Like, leave like, me the fuck don't alone. Don't do that. Don't do it like that, Edie. Don't, Edie, you're gonna make me, I'm gonna leave the room, Edie. Edie, you better stop. I'm your mother. You listen to me now. Yeah. And uh, while Edie is like, singing and dancing she kind of flashes her titties at the cameraman do you remember this yeah she's definitely trying to fuck this guy right yeah like she's also enjoying the fact that she's getting on her mom's nerves at this point oh yeah like after the birthday she said fuck this bitch fuck you and the film crew joins in singing with her Mm -hmm. 
probably in return for some sloppy toppy after the camera stopped rolling. She's like, piss my mother off with me and I'll fucking <laughs> slob on your knob, boy. <laughs> you can keep the cameras like rolling. Like corn on the cob. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Literally. Remember, like that remember, exact corn. remember my mom? And then and the corn. I start wondering if the movie's like sponsored by Coke or something. Did you notice that there's just Coke everywhere? Like yeah. Maybe it was just because it Cocaine. was the fucking... I'm just kidding, Coca-Cola. Maybe because it was just the fucking 70s, right? Yeah, they were just drinking a lot of soda. There was also tuna fish everywhere and ice cream. Yeah, exactly. This is what they ate, man. I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't eating, if they were eating cat food instead. <laughs> cat food? It just seems like the thing they'd be doing, you know? It, it, it feels like that same, like, Charlie from Always Sunny vibes. Yeah, 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 exactly. So then, like, we get, we're outside the next morning, I guess. Um, and Edie and the camera guy are talking about how some guy and his washing machine are moving in. I don't know how far in time we've skipped or if it literally is the next morning, but she's like, he's moving in, he's bringing his washing machine. And she's she's talking about it like it's a chance for her to escape. No. It's like finally a guy and his washing machine are moving in so I can leave. I can no. get out of here. What do you mean? No? No. It's like either I think it's like somebody she was talking to at some point or somebody she's now talking to or her mother is talking to. Mm-hmm. They figured out somebody to come live there. That has a washing machine and is is coming in, but I I want to say because she was talking about the escaping stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe you're right. I it's always so up in the air of what she's fucking talking. Because I think the reason she came back was because whatever guy was there left her mom. Right. Right, and that was one of the things that they got in a fight about, and that's that's the time where she yelled and made me think she was threatening her mom. Because her mom was saying, "No, I didn't even need you," because back then he was here, and she was like. No, he only, you know, he barely took care of you sexually or whatever. Like, that's all y'all did. I was the one that was taking care of the house and making sure you were fed. That's what made me think she was yelling at her. Because she was like, because her mom, again, was trying to not give her any credit and saying, it, you know, even when you were here, it was that guy that was helping take care of me. So I guess Edie is like, oh, a guy is coming around again so I can try to go back to New York and maybe try again, even though I'm 56 and fucking bald. I don't know. So anyway, um, yeah, like I said, there's Coke everywhere. I think this movie's sponsored by Coke and starring Harold the fucking fly. <laughs> That's what it should have said at the beginning before they came in. Coca-Cola presents starring fly Greg Arden, right? Um, and then meanwhile, while, while Edie's downstairs talking to the cameraman, Jerry's lying down in her bed. And just listening to Big Edith tell him how beautiful he is. Remember this? And how yeah. how he looks so much like her mother. And yeah. uh, by the way, he's wearing his dirt cake Converse low tops on little Edie's bed. Which yeah. I guess he's just been encouraged to treat this home environment like this. But Edie's the one that keeps her bed neat. Like, get those fucking shoes off of her bed right now. Because um, Edie is like, she's delusional. She's like... Like you said, you wouldn't necessarily, like, you would have fun, but, like, once it was just you and her in a room, you'd kind of not know what the fuck is going to happen next. But 
despite that, I'm on her side throughout most of this fucking movie. Like at the beginning when she was go- when she was Ashley Tisdaling and shit, and I didn't get to know the whole situation yet, I was like, this lady's a fucking freak, and she still is a freak, right? But 100% Team Edie. Like I should just get a shirt that says fucking Team Edie. So anyway, cut to Edie dancing and singing again. Uh, wearing what I guess is her patented one piece because it's like the third time I've seen her in it. She, it's a she great just, fucking 70s staple bathing suit. But she's just wearing it around orange, the house. yellow, and brown flowers all over mm-hmm. it. And just shows off the booty. Yeah. For sure. Um, Like, she's literally spinning through doorways and shit. And I'm like, she seems pretty excited to be leaving soon because I think that's what she's talking about. So, um... Now, this is what you were talking about, I think, the next one of these mornings when they were in another room, Mm -hmm. finally. It's whatever room is, like, right inside of that balcony that they like to suntan on. So Edith gets so fucking sick and tired of listening to Edie sing that she gets up and walks out of the room, is what you were saying. Because Edith will not, or little Edie will not stop. And then the cameraman pans over as she's struggling to lift herself from her chair just in time to capture one of her fucking titties falling out (laughs) and leaves it in like he's a fucking pervert dude it's just day in the life what's happening it's like he's the fly on the wall (laughs) that's what this is all it's it's fly on the wall content that's that's the theme if her titties falling out he's not just gonna like turn away her titties falling out and this movie's pg bro it's so we got titties we got goddamn we got it. We got it all. So, uh, but it turns out Edith wasn't leaving. She was just getting up to come across the room and intimidate Edie. Yeah. She didn't get out of the room. She went up and got in Edie's face like she thought she could beat her ass up. Right. But Edie doesn't care. Like she's just having way too much fun. She's like eating. She's dancing. She's singing. And then I guess Edith sees Edie take a bite of food while she's doing all this, and her mind immediately, oh, I know how to get her. Uh, so she makes sure to tell her that the breakfast that she made, little Edie made, is dog shit. And then finally, little Edie takes a break out on the patio. I guess she finally got to her by, by mentioning, "Hey, this breakfast that you cook for the both of us um, is shitty." Just the hit whole, her, hit her where it hurts. Dancing I guess. and twisting around and Edie, and then she goes and she goes to her mother and like. All these things have to do with something that happens at the very end, so, or towards the end. So then, Edie comes back in, and as soon as she comes back in, Edith wants to sing together now, and I'm very fucking confuzzled. I'm like, you were just telling her to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Like, you said something mean to her about the breakfast that she made for you just to get her to shut up and leave the room because you knew you'd hurt her feelings. And then she comes back in, and now you want to sing with her. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then two seconds later, of course, they start bickering again about how all of Edie's relationships were sabotaged by Edith. And it's weird because that's, again, this is like all one fluid conversation Mm -hmm. of like, where the fuck did that come from? But they're having it as if they've had it a thousand times and it all makes sense to them. Because there's that whole thing about how like Edie, or like there's almost this idea that like, you know, Little Edie should have gotten a man and, and stuff like this, you know, because obviously it was 50s and 60s. And, you know, what are you if you don't go out and, you know, get a husband and make him happy? But then she keeps bringing up, well, I had this guy around. He was really nice to me. I would have loved to marry him. And then Edith will be like, basically say, 
he was out of your league or he was too young for you or he was this, he was that. And then Edie will be like confused because she's like, but he had the right social status. He had money. He was good to me, all this stuff. And Edith he would just kind of. He was the only one that loved me. And then Edith would say, especially to the cameraman, he didn't like. love you. Yeah. And especially like Edie, little Edie starts crying during this thing. Yeah. And she goes and takes another break. And um, Edith just like talks to the fucking camera guys about how. Oh, yeah, well, she wasn't around. Guess what that guy fucking told me? Yeah. It's like, I bet that did not fucking happen. Well, she, and you're an like, asshole. Yeah, something like about... Uh, I couldn't imagine. I didn't know she was so dark. Or I didn't want to be around someone that was so dark. Or some shit like that. Yeah, something about the way that it's like... Oh, it was about... I ran him off because of the way he talked to me. Or something like that. It was like... I didn't want to be around somebody that was like that. Oh, I thought she was saying he was saying that about Edie. Like he yeah, was saying that yeah. Edie ran him well, off. Well, most of the times that's what I thought was said. Yeah. And then the last time I watched it, it almost seemed as though she was saying she, she how just made he talked to her, which would make sense. Like, I'm taking little Edie out of here because you're a fucking bitch because somebody should. Oh. And maybe she was like, she was like, I ran him out of here because of the way that he spoke to me. But she apparently did that with like. It seems as though she did that with several men. Every single man that Edie ever tried to be with. Yeah. Just isolating her, basically. Yeah. It's it's a tactic. It's a fucking abuse tactic. It sucks. So, which is why I am team little Edie. Yeah. I should get it like a t-shirt or some shit. We should do that. Um. Then there's a trench coat jump scare. All of a sudden, we just cut to little Edie in a trench coat. And I'm like, is this the day? Are you, what, are you, what are you about to pull out of that coat? Uh, we see more raccoons. We get another shot of the hole in the wall. Um, now, elite cinematography skills on display here, Madison. The camera guy pans around the bedroom to show the cats finding a way to relax amongst literal pieces of garbage and the nastiest foot you've ever seen in your fucking life, which is attached to Edith. Big Edie. Who, yeah. Who's, who's got, like, fucking rock toe central. Yeah. Fucking look like she's been digging in a fucking Wisconsin uh, basement that's got Go look hella at the, fucking yeah. sharp cheddar in it with her toes. Exactly. Go, was it the art for episode two or whatever? Yeah. Go look at that. That's her that fucking hand, foot. It's yeah. her foot. Who, and she's singing herself to sleep. <sighs> and then we get the other camera guy gets a shot of... Uh, little Edie dancing in the foyer, and then the movie ends abruptly. I did not expect that. I thought there was going to be some well, big moment where... Well, yeah, no, and it, it ends weird if you have never watched it all the way through a few times, mm -hmm. because there are plenty of parts throughout the... T towards the end of the movie where Edie is talking about how she's going to do this dance for them that, sh that she's just got to learn it first. And so they'll go out on the balcony and she'll be twisting and dancing and doing this stuff with her with her hand uh, where she's like pushing her hand outward and she's talking about how it's this this dance that they do for military men when they come home and she's like, oh, I'll learn it or whatever. Yeah. And so it's kind of teased throughout. So every time you see her, like you said, spinning and dancing around, she's practicing that. I didn't even realize that until this last time of me watching it. Okay. Which was about a month or so ago. And um, then at the very end, it shows her coming down the stairs and the song playing. She's got a little American flag in her hand. And she's doing the whole the whole dance for them. And then the, the video ends. 
There are two other documentaries I haven't seen yet, and then there is a movie that was based off the story with Drew Barrymore and Jessica Lang. Lang. Jessica Lang. Yeah. And I want to watch that because I think there's a lot more like historical based things that from from before this documentary was made. I just want to watch it because Drew Barrymore. Yeah, but it I kinda, gotta be honest. But it kind of like proves. Or it kind of like shows why the fuck they were like this. And I don't know if we'll find out that maybe um, Little Edie always had certain issues. I know based on little clips that I've seen mm-hmm. that uh, Jessica Lang is uh, playing Big Edie. She's always a fucking bitch the whole time. For sure. So, I'm sure she I mean, was. maybe we'll find something redeemable as far as, like, well, you don't know why I had to be this way, and then it just went off the deep end type shit. But, like, past that, I've been wanting to watch it. I just don't want anybody to watch that before they watch the documentary because I think there's some, there's some magic in not fucking understanding why they are the way they are. Mm, I feel you. So... But I'm Team Little Edie too, so I might make merch for that or like see if I can find something. Yeah. And and we'll get shirts made. That'll be cool. And if you haven't seen it, uh, you can buy it on YouTube. Um, I'm not. I I bought it years ago, so I'm not sure. So I got to watch it for free because yeah. her account is logged in over here, and I was yeah. like, let me look. Let me look if this movie's either free or if she has it. So I just went and logged in on hers, and it. It literally said you own I think this. It has I was like, like yeah! yeah. I think it has like parts um, on YouTube. You can watch it in parts. Yeah. Okay. But I just went ahead and bought the whole thing. Um, it shows like it's a really odd picture. The front cover is like the house, but in front of it is Little Edie in like this fur coat. And it's like black and, and white. And it's like black and white, but she looks so much more like disheveled than she does in the rest of the film. She looks like really old and like tired and kind of mean, and that's not how she pre- that's not how she presents in the film. That, at yeah, all. that 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 cover of it, and my like I said, my limited knowledge, really made me think it was gonna be like a murder mystery type thing, right? Or like some people came in this house and were never seen again, or you know she ended up killing her mom or some shit like that. At some point, I think that little Edie uh, did try to sue. The Maisels, um, for the way that she was portrayed in the films. And and if, if you watch it enough times, you can kind of see where, like, certain scenes were cut and then um, put in later points. Mm. And when you think it's like, oh, we're going to be here for a month and we're just going to film these random things and then put them in sequence. Yeah. I don't think that's what it is. I think that they're, like, jumping back and forth and just showing these different parts of the movie so there's uh, even like one part where um where uh the mom where big Edie goes out on the porch and i actually think that's the moment right before little Edie comes out and says i uh brooks is looking for his check brooks is the main the uh landscaping guy and so she's sitting there writing out a check for um brooks the landscaping guy and she's like, what day is it? What day is it, Edie? What day is it? And I think I, I finally realized that, like, one of these moments when um, Big Edie went out, goes out on the porch, and then, I don't know, it's just the way that the camera cut. I was like, wait a second. The way she just came out in that bathing suit seems a, an awful lot like 
you know, this was just familiar. the next scene. This is the next part, but they cut it because they didn't want to show them like moving from this spot to this spot mm. or something. I don't fucking know. But anyway, great movie. All in all, what 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 do you think? I unless it was to figure out whether I was right or wrong about a certain thing um, that I thought happened. I don't know if it's a movie I'd go back to. Um, it certainly was interesting. There were parts of it that were disturbing. What about and... the part in the bedroom where she's hanging up the little magazine pieces that she's like, it's almost like a, a dream board wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just kind of sad because it's like the front of a Rolling Stone magazine or like World Travel magazine and and then there's like this bird cage she wants to put in the corner. Oh yeah. And all sorts of stuff. And like her mom the whole time is just like, Edie. God, I yeah. Yeah. I hate you. It's worth watching. Yeah. If you're into vintage stuff, the visuals are just amazing. Like <laughs> because it's from the seventies, because there's all this old vintage shit in the house. Because there's the transatlantic accents. Oh, we forgot to mention, there's a part where we get a glimpse. Like you said, you kept saying, Edith knows in her head, just won't say it out loud, that like she maybe could have been a lot more, but that she let her life fall apart. Mm -hmm. Because when they're listening to this self-help pastor dude on the radio, and he's talking about like being self-reliant and getting over that mountain and pushing through and achieving your dreams and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They zoom in on Big Edith, and she's looking off, and it looks like her. she's starting to tear up. Yeah. Yeah. And you're so like, that gives yeah, you a you little glimpse. Know. That gives you a little glimpse into, into the way that she really feels about her life and the way that she lived it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, I guess that's it on Great Gardens. That's it on Great Gardens. And so now, watch it if you haven't. And now it's time for me to give you your assignment and i feel bad now because, because mine's a lot mine's going to be a lot weirder yes yes i feel bad because like the whole idea of like and when i brought it up i i kind of mentioned the theme of being like uh or the way i explained it would be yeah it'll be this one person re reaction to like why the fuck did you make me watch this right and in and, and ways, that is kind of what Grey Gardens was for me, because I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, like, it's not like a scary movie, but it's very disturbing. Why the fuck is she feeding raccoons full sleeves of bread and Pee Wee Herman dog food? Um, but before I watched it, and when I thought up my idea for you, I was like, okay, what is a movie I never want to fucking watch again, but that I need somebody to loathe along with me? Because this is the perfect opportunity to review a movie or have a movie review on the show where I don't have to fucking go back and watch the movie. And it is a scary movie. Well, I don't know if it's... Oh, it's supposed to be a scary movie. It's more a shitty, grotesque, stupid movie that I hate. Um, but that went very well for us with tusk in terms of numbers right tusk is our most watched show yeah i don't know what happened but like all of a sudden like two months ago even though it's been out for so much longer than that yeah uh a bunch of people just started watching uh or started listening to the tusk episode yeah 
and it surpassed episode one, which had like fifty something or forty something views, like within the first few weeks. Yeah, and then just kept slowly growing over time. All of a sudden, Tusk, which was at like number thirteen or something, in the li- it wasn't even on the list at first. Like nobody was watching it. Then all of a sudden, it starts getting watched or listened to, and all of a sudden, again, it's number one over the first episode we ever did. So I, the the movie I'm bringing up is a movie I always bring up when I say, I hate Tusk and this. I hate these two movies for similar reasons, sort of. I'm stalling because of how bad I feel. Madison? Yes. I'm very sorry, but it's already been decided. It's already been decided like you couldn't change your mind. No, I can't. You've been assigned the movie. Terrifier. Okay. I'm very sorry. Good luck. It's May okay. God have mercy I'm more, on your I'm soul. I'm mostly like I'm pretty much a big ass pussy when it comes to scary movies. Yeah. Um. So even if it's not that scary, if there's anything that I can take from it that's going to make me not want to sleep that night because mm-hmm. I live alone, I'm not going to be too thrilled. But I have to have this ready by next week, right? Yes. All right. So I will. I will get that done. Yeah. I hate it. This, there's only one, or is it just Terrifier 1? Terrifier, there, there's a sequel that I haven't seen, and I'm never going to fucking watch, but just Terrifier 1. Okay. Just the first one. I think it's on Amazon. Okay. Um, You can just, just look it up. Uh, Yeah. I won't be able to watch it until, like, Monday night, mm-hmm. I think, of the same week, because I'll be out of town this weekend, but, uh, yeah. All right. All right. Okay, guys. uh, Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this uh, sort of format that we got. I'm really excited for the movie that we're going to be talking about in a couple weeks. And so I hope you guys are looking forward to that, too. Um, But unfortunately for Madison, maybe fortunately for the audience, if they know anything about this movie, uh, this might go the same way as Tusk did. Maybe so. Maybe so. All right. All right. Deuces. Bye.